0: Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut to the bullshit and get
1: to the point. What is up, To The Point listeners? I'm your host, Chris Yano, and I have my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, brother?
0: Hey, how's it going? Uh, Hey, real quick, Chris, I can tell just out of the gate, you're like, you're next level today. You're feeling it. You've had a little bit of coffee. You're well rested. What are we in for?
1: Dude, you already know. Four cups in, I'm a two cup kind of guy. It was just, I was feeling it today. Kind of like, you know, you're feeling it when you put on that ugly ass plaid shirt.
0: This is my, this is, uh, this (laughs) one is a flannel. This isn't just a plaid. Last week was a plaid. This is actually my second favorite shirt.
1: You know, if you just unbutton one more of those, you might be able to, uh, there you go. Now he's looking fresh to death.
0: No collar, no dollar.
1: Well, listen, let's get after it because I have a feeling that we're not going to stay within our normal parameters on this particular episode because I want to introduce my uh, my guest and this is another reason we're going to derail is because I've listened to, um, never met our guest until today, face-to-face. But know of him, know of the things that he's accomplished along the way. And there's so much knowledge in here and so many tactical takeaways that our listeners are going to take from it. So I want to introduce our guest, Mr. Josh Kelly. Josh, what's up, my man? What's up, man? Coming in here, looking all fresh. I mean, looking like a million bucks. Already dropping bombs in in the pre-episode banter we had. I mean, I have a feeling this is going to be one for the book, so I'm super stoked. Kyle, who produces our podcast. Kyle, are you pumped for today? He's pumped for today. Okay, so I want to get after it. What I want to do is this particular podcast episode is Are You the Tooth Fairy of the Trades? So let me tell you how I came up with this. I have four kids, like I was talking about ahead of time. three girls, one boy. My son loses his tooth, and he's eight. So hopefully there's no kids listening to this. I doubt there would ever be, but... um, (laughs) Tooth clearly is not real. What? I know, I know. I mean, it's sorry, buddy. No more money under the pillow for you. If you're losing teeth, something else is off. I mean, I I do MMA. I do jujitsu. You never know. That makes sense. Put that tooth in the bag. See what happens. So, I my son loses the tooth, and of course, like I'm looking to see if I have cash on me. And, like, kids are getting way more money these days because I carry, like, a I have, like, a 20 that I keep on reserve or 10 or something. I'm like, damn it. It was like a – Never, it never like fail. Ever. But I give them a tooth. So I'm driving in the next morning. I'm trying to think of some really good topics, you know, down the line. And I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till the tooth fairy. You know, like, as much as I love – I've got four kids. You know, I've got a long time to go. My youngest is is five. Is I can't wait till I don't have to keep coming up and getting up in the middle of the night, you know, and putting – cash underneath the pillow for the tooth so it made me think like man how can I figure out like tooth fairy tooth fairy tooth fairy's fake and he's getting money and the tooth fairy's fake this could be a podcast because we talk about You can't fake it till you make it. It's not a long-term strategy. If you try to be the tooth fairy of the trades and you go out there and you put out something that you're not, you try to be someone you're not, yes, you can get money in the short term because you can sell them and you can make shit up and you can pretend like you know what you're doing. But in the long run, those kids are going to get older and they're going to find out that you're fake and that you made that up and there ain't going to be no more money come in. And you can treat business the same way. You can't fake it till you make it as a long-term strategy. It just doesn't work. Is that
2: fair, Josh? No, that's totally fair. I mean, I've seen it. You've seen it. Uh, It's not good,
1: man. No, you can't fake it till you make it. You're going to get called out. And when you do, I don't know how. It's really difficult to to rebound from that. So I thought this would be a good one to talk about how to grow and scale your service company, both profitably and professionally, because you have excelled at this, which is why you're here. But that's where the uh, Are You the Toothberry of the Trades episode had come from is, Faking it till you making it. Faking it till you make it is not a good strategy and why you shouldn't do it because you and I have both, all of us, have both come across guys that are doing exactly that. And it's yeah, going right. to fail. So if you would, go ahead and uh, let our listeners know kind of your background, your history. I always like to know how people got in the trades. So if let's go ahead and, and let's start there.
2: Yeah. And definitely, I, I did never, or I did never, wow. That's at Ohio, yeah, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh my God, he knows my background. Oh, h i o i (laughs) o. No, I I never faked it uh, because we were just trying to make money uh, and try to figure it out. We never expected or wanted to be as big as we are. We love it now, Uh, but you know that's 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 the key to it, right? So, and so it's
1: so it's a little company by the name of Parker and Sons. Parker and Sons, based out of. Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, it's just a
2: local home service company, one city, one location, not that big a deal. Uh, We have about 7% market share, which is about 120 million in home service, residential only, no commercial, no new construction. Uh, It's my family's business. We grew our business from about six and a half million to this, or last year we did 120 million. We're going to do hopefully 140, 150 this year. That's awesome, man. Um, In about 15 years. So from six and a half to 120 in 15 years. Uh, a lot of luck, a lot of hard work, a lot of systems, a lot of ideas, a lot of stealing, you know, the same as everybody else. Steve jobs, baby. Oh, just steal those ideas and oh. make them better. And yeah. Make them your and own. You don't even have to make them better. You just got to put a twist on You know what I mean? Uh, as weird as it sounds, it's, it's always best to be the best person in the room. Sometimes it's also okay just to be a different person in the room doing just as good. Um, I know like that's that. a weird. I know. Like no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I that's get it. that's kind of my background. We do, uh, you know, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. I also have a marketing business. I also have a software business. Uh, I have a real estate business. <laughs> you know, it's it's gotten out of hand real quick here. <laughs> um, Sounds like you might be an entrepreneur. I don't know. I, I, I maybe maybe an entrepreneur. I don't know how good of a one, but you know, uh, you know, keep driving every single day. And,
1: well, you were a part of this thing though. So when so when you and your dad. Got into this, it right. was you guys were at six and a half million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but you were in it from the beginning. Yeah, with- I
2: ran I ran all the marketing and eventually some of the operations and pushed through. Paul, my father, is like, if you ever meet my father, he's one of the best people we ever met in your entire life. And that's not just a like, good dude. Oh, he's an amazing person. Someone not just you a want Melvin. to follow. Not yep. a Melvin. I
0: can verify. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: amazing person. And uh, I mean, he's the driving force to this, but I mean, you don't have one person being really effective when you grow 120 million you have to grow you have to have not just two not just three you have to have 20 you have to have 30 you have to have 50 uh i mean this is a real comment and this is 100 percent real we have people who answer the phones for parker and sons that care way more about parker and sons than polar i do like we have such an amazing solid team And that's the reason we're successful above all else. So you have great,
1: great culture, sounds like. We have an amazing
2: culture. We have great systems. It's the people that really make the difference, though. Like, you know, when we first started, we didn't have systems. We didn't have money. We didn't have marketing. We barely made payroll. We bought, you know, during the off-season, which makes it really difficult to make money, (laughs) right? Um, But, you know, you fast forward, we went from six and a half and tried to get to seven. Then we tried to get to nine. Then we tried to get to 12. Next thing you know, 120. Yeah. Uh,
1: next thing you know,
2: hopefully 140, we're, we've been growing about 20 million a clip the last few years.
1: Uh, I'd be okay with 140, 150 would be even better. So having people has allowed you and people in systems has allowed you to be able to go and try and do some other things. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I, cause you can't do it just
2: even with just you. Like, Oh no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm stretched thin to be absolutely honest. Like right now, like, I'm not really involved in Parker and Sons day to day. I'm not really involved in Review Kangaroo the software day to day. I'm not really involved in the real estate business. My my wife runs that, right? Um, I'm really just involved in my marketing business right now. But the goal would be to blow it up and take a few clients, make a really amazing mastermind where I change their businesses. Now I have a few that grew from like four million to what they did twelve million last year, uh, and that's in like two or three three years. Yeah, three years. I gotta do the math. Organic. Uh, yeah. Organic marketing uh, helping improve their operations, consulting, marketing, all that fun stuff. Right. Okay. Um, like that's what I'm doing right now, but the goal would be like, Hey, make this scalable, make a system out of it. I'm writing like kind of an, I wouldn't call a book cause I'm not an author and I don't want to write a book, <laughs> but you know, like building a <laughs> solid system where it's repeatable and obviously everything's different with every company and you have to tweak, but you know, take myself out of that business eventually too, where, you know, I get to think large scale and do cool things and and grow businesses, which is what I love doing.
1: Yeah. So and clearly good at it. Uh, uh, so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just touch on this real quick because you and I are talking about this ahead of time, um, and you focusing a lot on Clover yeah. marketing. Yeah. And we talked about you doing jam sessions. Now we have a um, uh, a mutual customer that we work with and Rusty over at WeCare right. in Southern California. Right. So maybe explain uh, just to the listeners on what a jam session is to you, like how you're coming alongside and helping in those situations.
2: Yeah. So you're a marketing guy. So I built a funnel <laughs> Where are the odds of that, right? You know, I, I do speaking events. I do online advertising and that goes into, you know, we give away what we call a hundred million dollar playbook, which is really cool stuff. And then it goes into jam sessions. Jam sessions is my big scalable idea. Um, so, one of the reasons I was so successful, Paul was so successful, the whole entire Parker and son's team and eventually uh, review Kangaroo and Clover. It's purely because uh, I was willing to learn and do things that other people weren't willing to do, period. One of the things I was willing to do is I spent a lot of time, money, effort, stealing and borrowing ideas from other people. So I traveled. Uh, Paul's been to hundreds of businesses across the United States. I've I've worked with I don't even know, like maybe <laughs> thousands uh, across the United States. Uh, and I visit their shops, learn about them, learn what they're doing well and what they're having trouble with. And I would share ideas. It's a mutual beneficial thing. There's no business in the United States that I could walk into that's not similar. So it's a home service that I can't learn something from. Sometimes it's what not to do, but, yep. you know, I can always learn something from it. And I always give some value, right? Um, so I spent a lot of effort on that. And at one point we got to a size where like we kind of came to the understanding that, you know, I don't have to fly to someone. I could kind of force them to come to me. And we started doing these meetings where we'd have people in and we would do a round table and we pick a topic and we'd all talk about, you know, for example, one of the biggest problems our industry recruiting, right? Yeah. Right. Like everybody's got problems with recruiting. Everybody's got different uh, solutions. Everybody's trying different things instead of me trying to figure out everything. I, we had everybody come into Parkinson's. We sat around the round table, and we tackled, like, recruiting. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are the results? How's it going, right? Right. And we started doing this, and it was really – that's when our growth really started, like, compounding and blowing up. Uh, and I thought about this for a long time, I said, this is a huge advantage, uh, and I love having a huge advantage, but I'm not the type of person that believes there's not enough business for everyone. I think, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. And I'm not trying to crush the solid company that stands behind the work. I'm trying to crush the chuck in the truck. Chuck in the truck. There we go. Chuck Chuck in the truck. truck. Uh, That doesn't stand. That closes out here in Phoenix. Like, this is one of the most competitive markets in the United States. They estimate, you know, on this time of year, right, Uh, end of March, uh, middle of March, there's about 400 AC companies in the summertime. They estimate it goes up to about 1,200. And they shut down after summer, right? And that's not right. It gives everyone a bad look, right? Companies. Yeah, companies. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Companies. Um, it gives everybody a bad look. Those are the people I'm trying to get rid of. So what I did is I took that idea, that concept, that learning from other people, and I systematized it. I found somebody who's really amazing recruiting that's blowing everybody up, that's doing way better than everybody else. And I sat them down for a 45-minute talk, and we talk about nothing but recruiting. Walk through that entire process. And really, here's the key to it, too. Like, so many people... You know, you've been to a conference where you've heard this really great idea and you're super pumped up and you're so excited. And you go back to your hotel room, you sit in front of the de- little tiny desk and you pull out a pen and paper like, let's do this. And you're like, but how? <laughs> like, I don't know how to do it, right? Like, it's a cool <laughs> idea, but I don't know how to do it. So Jam Sessions, it's number one, it's by industry leader, someone who's actually doing it right now. Uh, occasionally we'll have a marketing person on there. Occasionally we'll have software, but they have to have unbelievably good content. Sure. Uh, and I vet everybody myself, like literally myself. Um, and they have to give actionals. So like if they're going to talk about, you know, how recruiting, they better give you the ad that they used. They have to, they're going to give you where they put it. They're going to give you what spiff program they use. They're going to, talk about the referral program or referral fee or sign-on bonus. They're going to talk about where they did. They're going to talk about the results that they did. They're going to give you 100% actionable so you could leave that jam session and have everything. And right now, we're actually taking it a step further, so we're developing worksheets for this, checklists, uh, you know, key takeaways, trying to make this as turnkey, as simple as possible to make you really uh, I mean, walk away from that jam session like not just knowing what's a good idea, but knowing how to do it and
1: really being able to implement it later that day. So, because I, I think that you have to have those tactical things in place that you can physically check the boxes yeah. on. Because we talk about this all the time, and if you look uh, on one of these walls in here, it'll say, you know, you have to. I mean, in this office yeah, space, yeah. There's, I'm looking around. There's shit everywhere it. in these offices. All I see is a bridge. Different motion motivational speeches, but um, everybody goes to these meetings. No different than I've done. You know, so thousands of keynotes and breakouts over the tenure of doing this thing. Yeah, and. 5% actually do something with what I told them to do, even though I've proven that it works. So their ambition is there. Like they walk out, they've got like three pages of notes and they're like, oh yeah. I, and then they walk out and they don't do anything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And
2: here's the thing. Like I give all the actionable, right? Do you think everybody does it? Of course not. <laughs> like I'm trying to get from 5% to 25%, 30%, right? And Like some things you don't have to do. Like it's your business. You decide what you do and what you don't do. Yep. Uh, but if you love the idea and you think it'll work, which by the way, I already know it works, but you know, every, every business is different. Some things work for some businesses that don't work. I don't understand why, but it's true. It's right? not straight apples to apples. No, it can never be right? right. Anybody who suggests everybody do this one thing, like I think that's really short-sighted. Completely agree. Um, but you know, if I could get 30% of them to do it, like that's a gigantic win. Cause 30% of figuring out recruiting or marketing, or building systems or how to build customer experience. These aren't like $10,000 differences. These are multi, I, I could tell you for us, it's, it's not a, you know, a half a million dollar difference. It's how we got from six to 120. It's not like right. these are compounding over time. They become more and more valuable. And when you get it down, man, it makes a difference. It really does. Not, yeah. not a small thing.
0: There's so many different things that we could take away from just that part of the conversation, but you just, you just mentioned this on the path from 6 million to 140 or wherever you're going to be 150. um, Tell me about some of the more memorable things that you did early in that were like big breakthroughs, or do you have any campaigns you ran or things that kind of stood out that uh, maybe you didn't think was going to work? And then, oh my gosh, this worked. like, what are some of those things?
1: I know one, go for it. I mean the Melvin one was pretty good. Yeah,
2: the Melvin one was very good. And you very got good. that
1: from we stole a it. pizza place. We stole it
2: from a company in Cincinnati that was doing that. It wasn't trademarked. They didn't do as nearly as good job of doing it, but yeah. Crushed we it. we stole that idea. Crushed Just for people who don't it. know, uh Melvin was like a campaign that uh Paul and I came up with. Uh, essentially was like the anti Parker and sons. It's the guy that everybody fears in their house. I anyway, mean, by the way, customers think this anyway. So like we just took it on head on, Love but it. it's the guy that comes to your house that makes a mess that, you know, is dishonest, like charging for something that's not there. Uh, you know, doesn't give great customer experience, looks shows up late, dirty. looks dirty, right? Uh, that anti Parker and sons. And we did it in such extreme way where like, there's no one actually thinks we're talking exactly, about yeah. like when I say like he's out, like he's stealing someone's soup on the on the table, right? <laughs> like people don't do that, uh, I would hope. Um, but you know, kind of extreme thought process, and really, marketing is really about being memorable. You can forget everything else. If you could be memorable and different, um, that's how you do it. And it plays well with who Parker and Sons is. Parker and Sons, we're a family business. Yep. Straight up. like not an exaggeration. We are a family business, and we take care of each other. Uh, Like family, our number one priority is our team members. Our team members' number one priority is the customer. Uh, We believe in providing an amazing service, not just for our end customers, but for our team members. Um, Because I feel like they're my customer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that plays well because immediately after this horrible Melvin experience, we talk about what we're like. Which, by the way, is the, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to stand behind our work. We're going to go the extra mile, uh, which, by the way, also means we're not the, you know, cheapest in town. We give a good quality service at a really reasonable rate, a very competitive rate. But, like, we're trying, not trying to go after those, you know, be that low price leader because that's a race to
1: the bottom, right? Do you remember – wait, how old are you? I'm 40. How old are you?
2: 35, man. Shit.
1: Okay. You're going to remember this. Do you – so Kmart. Yeah, so do I, I remember Kmart? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> do you know who Kmart is? See, Kyle. Oh my God, I'm so old. So uh, mm, I'm, you're I'm, welcome. Yeah, yeah. So a couple, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before I did a breakout at uh, Lennox Live and it was trying to create a memorable experience with your brand. Right. And then somebody that did a great job of that, even though it ultimately ended up failing because of execution, the brand was memorable, was the ship my pants commercial do you remember that i do yeah i'll ship my pants dad hey can i ship my drawers can i ship the bed
2: you know that was a like that company was more or less on like the edge of going out of business right and the marketing team put that together kind of as a joke like just like yeah it's funny like they'll never run with this and then they agreed to it and it's like oh crap
1: yeah like now we have to actually do this this is they didn't believe in the idea at all well, and it ended up having all sorts of problems with the site and like, oh, yeah. and, and it was like, so even though brilliant as brilliant of it, this is a perfect example of your brand being amazing, but then not being able to execute. Oh yeah. It was a awesome. Awesome. And so that commercial is something I remember because as a kid, I'm like, Oh, he said ship my pants, you know, cause I could say ship my pants then. Yeah. And not get in trouble. And not get in trouble. But that was one of those things that's memorable. And the, the Melvin campaign, the Melvin effort was brilliant. Well, thank I mean, you. It was so good. Thank and you, I um, and, you and you know, it because it was so over the top is what makes it, is what makes it memorable. It's like, it creates a different, you know, it creates a different emotion, which makes things memorable. Like when you see a car crash, you don't forget it. Cause it's so like, it creates this different emotion yeah, that triggers yeah. those reminders in you. And I always challenge people that in your, when we'll talk about our different, uh, like five P's of marketing, we'll talk about, you know, putting out your promotion or your price, you know, whatever you're going to do as a hook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to put your place where you're actually doing business. You want to put um, your product, what you do, you know, Mm -hmm. but also one thing that people forget is personality. Like give your business a personality. It's okay. Because otherwise you're like 99% of everybody else fighting for the same thing, like be unique. And that's what made the Melvin campaign so brilliant. So what are some other things that you've done or that you can think of that you have done? I mean, we got really good.
2: I mean, I mean, the first thing we did has nothing to do with marketing, but I'll touch back on marketing. The very first thing we did was try to make more money off the customers we're getting. Because in the beginning, we just didn't really have money for marketing. So I think one of the easiest and most successful ways to grow your business is to make more money off the customers that you're getting. So increase your average transaction? Uh, average transaction number. I mean, there's three ways to grow your business, right? It's the number of transactions, uh, meaning you know how often they use you, and- uh, how much they spend with you. And I'm blanking the third one. Holy crap.
1: So actually, I bet you I can fill in the gaps for you. There you go. Are you ready? Yep. It's going to be consistency, frequency, and longevity. Oh, see, that's marketing.
2: That's marketing. That's a totally, yep. Okay. We can talk about that
1: too. Uh, Okay. All right. So it could tie together. Yeah, yeah.
2: So really, it was about getting the most money off every single customer without being dishonest, obviously, right? Of course. Uh, But once we had that money, then we all of a sudden had money to market. And then every call we brought in was worth more money, Right. Um, so we got really good at marketing and cross selling, cross promoting, you know, making offers, just opening our mouths. I mean, really that's the secret It's just asking, talking about things and letting it, leaving up to them to decide, Right. Um, but yeah, we got really, really good at marketing at one point. Our cost per acquisition was just around $12. Yeah.
1: That's crazy.
2: Yeah. And this is, yeah, I mean, a good number is like 70, 80, um, that's a good number. It's not an amazing number. Uh, now, are you talking HVAC or plumbing or just yes. like all? Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. All the above mixed Kay. in. Uh, I mean, a plumbing call is slightly more expensive because it's worth slightly more. Um, obviously, HVAC, like, and I'm not saying like $12 in the middle of summer either, by the way. Right, I'm saying course. $12 for the year. I understand. Like, it was cheaper in the middle of summer. Jeez. Which is insane, right? Like, how, <laughs> how much can you market? Uh if your average call is twelve dollars like I do that all day oh, every day. Course. Now I just gotta fill fill trucks and build systems behind to make sure we don't, you know, trip over ourselves. So you
1: don't Kmart yourself. So we don't Kmart ourselves
2: <laughs> for people who know what Kmart is apparently. <laughs> but yeah, um I do do a whole pitch on that. You want me to go into the pitch about the, the guaranteed way to win in marketing? So
1: so I do I, I do because I think that there's the the whole goal is to give listeners tactical takeaways that um Will require yeah. sweat equity, right? So, you know, right. if you don't have like all this capital, there's things that you can do and things that you have to do if you genuinely want to, to scale this thing. So, I had I'm making notes, man. Okay, so <laughs> I listened to you talk about um, your consistency, frequency, and longevity, and we talk about them here in a different manner, but it's the same thing. It's a system. It's a process that you figured out that you have to have to grow and to grow. Profitably, which is the purpose of this podcast is to give some of those tips and tricks. So I say, unless Paul has something else to chime in on that, we just jump right into that piece of it. You good? You good tall, Paul?
0: Let's go. I he's, am. Let's do this.
2: He's super busy. He's about to do some uh, brawny paper towel commercials. <laughs> so so I, well, I'm not sure if his opinion, Matt, no, I'm just playing. Sorry, uh, Paul. I love you.
1: Actually, you're right. It yeah, is yeah. like a brawny ad right there, except – He's not so brawn, but he is 6'8". Yeah, like, so.
2: um, it's like the Canadian version.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Brawny, I like eh? like it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you bet, yeah. That's sorry.
1: A, that's a shout-out to our Canadian uh, listeners. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway.
2: Um, Moving on. So there's three things that work in marketing, and they work without fail, like without exception, um, and that's consistency, longevity, and frequency. So meaning you have a consistent, similar message on brand, on topic, makes sense for a long period of time, on multiple channels, meaning TV, radio, direct mail, internet, you're putting it everywhere, right? So consistency, longevity, and frequency, it is literally a guaranteed way to win in marketing. Zero risk.
1: Do you hear that listeners? Literally a guaranteed way.
2: Yeah. That's what I heard. Literally, like like guaranteed. There's only one major flaw with it. Uh, and it's a pretty big flaw. All three of those things are expensive. They're really expensive. Like, to run a campaign for a long time, that costs money. To run on multiple channels, that costs money. And the consistent message doesn't really cost money, but it's all part of the process. Wait,
1: so you're saying that there's no secret sauce that just makes it happen month one, (laughs) month two, month three? What? Yeah, well. It's a miracle. But there is. There is actually a secret sauce. Okay. All right. Because the thing
2: is, like, all three things—and let me prove this, too, right? And I'm going to— Oh, this is going to be bad. I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Okay. I love it. I Let's have go. a
2: really good friend, a uh, friend of the family, uh, they're Ken uh, and Phil Husto. I don't know if you know who they are in San Diego. They own a company called ASI Hastings. Huge company, super successful. the name. Brilliant, brilliant businessman. Loving them to death. Great people. Um, I want to prove how consistency, longevity, and frequency work. Okay. They're big, brilliant idea, and, like, they have great marketing around this. But their original idea was for an air conditioning company, they're the white glove guys. That's it. Like, is that some like unbelievably, Oh my God, that's life changing. No, it's not. It's a simple idea. But if they consistently do it, what does that mean to them? Right. What does white glove service mean? It means like they're going to go above and beyond. And they built an image and a brand out there with consistency. Right. And they ran it for a super long time. By the way, it didn't work well in the beginning, which almost no marketing that's a branding base does. Right. And then they did on multiple channels. Right. And all of a sudden, I mean, I, I know they, had, they did a jam session for us, right? And they added plumbing. So they were all AC. They did some solar. They added plumbing. They went from zero plumbers to 10 million plumbing in like just over a year. That's – Like you, that's think, you think that branding works? Yeah, it yeah, works. Absolutely. Like I talk about this. Like I, at some point, and someone's going to take me up on this, and I'm going to laugh so hard, but it's going to work. It's <laughs> like we're going to be the overalls plumber or the overalls <laughs> AC guy. And that's our whole brand. I'm like, you can make that work if you have consistency, longevity, and frequency, right?
1: Right. Um, I,
2: just
0: Googled I just Googled them, and it's just white gloves everywhere. Everywhere. Like, you can see, man. It's brilliant. It's so Thanks simple. For sharing that. So simple.
2: Now, now they may be upset that I said that, but <laughs> They're like, I love no, you guys. Sorry. You started
1: seeing white glove, white glove, <laughs> white gloves. <laughs>
2: um, but, yeah, so you don't have to be brilliant. You just have to be different enough, right? That's memorable. Um, but there are, there is a way to do that without costing a ton of money. Right. And it's really thinking about being a big fish in a small pond. Like I am a big fan and big believer that you do not do marketing period, unless you can own it. Don't dabble because that's what everybody else does and dabbling inevitably will fail. Like if you're going to do something, do it. Um, I do that not just in marketing, but in life, like you'll, you've, Anybody that knows me, I tend to be obsessive. Like I saw your ping pong table out there. We have an office in downtown Phoenix. There's a ping pong table there. Like I started playing ping pong like two months ago. Now I play ping pong like 30 minutes a day. I practice serves. I'm freaking ridiculous. Well, then before
1: you leave. Yeah, I'm going to be mono and mono. Okay, I'll smoke you and then then you can
2: leave. (laughs) (laughs) But so you got to be a big fish in a small pond. You have to own it. Meaning when you first start a business, you don't have an unlimited budget. We didn't have an unlimited right. budget. It's not unrealistic. Business would be super easy if you had unlimited amounts of money of to throw at right? Yep. But that's not how it works. Exactly. So you have to buy and own something you can afford. So there's a few ways to do that. I mean, you could do it geographically. So I tell people this all the time. If you're a real small business, you should own things geographically. Meaning you don't own all of Phoenix. You own a neighborhood. Right. Or a few neighborhoods. And when, like, what does that mean, right? What does owning a neighborhood means? It doesn't mean I do calls there occasionally. It means like, hey, I try to hire techs in that neighborhood. I geofence that neighborhood and I do uh, digital marketing, right? I do direct mail to that. Uh, I do door hangers. Uh, when my techs aren't busy, I'm driving through that neighborhood, sitting around right around that neighborhood, right?
1: So like fully merged in, like in the neighborhood. Like just merge,
2: own that neighborhood. Once you get a large enough market share in there, which, by the way, you can never have 100%. Don't don't think that's realistic because it's not. Right. You get 30 40%. You know what you could do? you could pull up and move to the next neighborhood. and by the way, uh, you'll lose some business but not a significant amount. You lose a small percentage of that business and all the way all of a sudden you have a brand new market sure. right There's companies that this is like a big part of their strategy. they literally move offices every three or four years because what happens when you have an office right there you tend to own the area right around because people see trucks coming in and out, right because you tend to do things in that neighborhood, right in that area. So owning geographically is one of the easiest ways to do it as a small business, right? Um, you could also do it with venues. When I say venues, I don't mean like, you know, Diamondbacks Field, right? I mean like owning a smaller median. So here in Phoenix, Phoenix is a, or Arizona in general is a very conservative state, right? Um, there's a ton of money spent on conservative radio, conservative television. You know where almost no one is and it's incredibly cheap? Progressive radio. You want to buy a Democratic station you could own that really inexpensively. And by the way, someone, especially a year like this with Trump and everything, right? Like, <laughs> do those people listen casually or are they like fanatic, crazy people?
1: Yeah, they're fanatic. Right. So there's, yeah. You get to own them.
2: Yep. You get to own them, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's incredibly value and that's something you can afford to own. You can't afford to own ESPN, but you might be able to for, afford a small cable channel or or a small radio station that's just in your area or you get the
1: idea. So, so we don't... <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this question so yeah. cuz we d- we only do digital marketing yeah. for the trades that's it yeah. but we don't do any traditional. Right. So would you say that that more like talk radio is better versus mu- music because the intent and the focus is more in general. In general like okay. just
2: like anything else like I'm i I'm based not,
1: off of your experience obviously but I'm just saying cuz I don't know and I know yeah. you have more experience is it yeah.
2: talk formats are easier because they're more likely to stay when when commercials happen right especially if you get endorsement using the same guy's voice. Um, there's some really cool ways of doing it. Um, but yeah, it does make a difference. Um, I'm, I come, I mean, I have a software business too, right? Like, so I have a right. deep digital marketing background right. too. Not the same as yours, right? Like I'm not going to do someone's PPC, uh, PPC ad. That's not who I am. I don't build SEO. I, you know, run teams that do that. Right. right. Or I'll run your team. Right. Sure. Uh, like for like with Rusty, like yep. now I'm the in-between between you and Rusty, yep. right? Um, But I'm still a big fan of testing and everything, right? So, like, for the most part, I would say top formats work way better. But, like, you don't know until you test. Um, You can make some really strong strong assumptions. But certain uh, music formats could actually really work. Uh, Just make sure it's really aligned with who you are and your brand and your customers. Uh, But they're more rare to work than a top format.
1: Got it. Hey, one thing I was just thinking of. Yeah. I I was looking at my notes, and I don't want to forget it. Yeah. Because I'd never heard this of anybody doing this before. Okay. Um. And I found this out just by doing, whenever I was doing preparation for a meeting, yeah, um, I like to learn as much as I possibly can about who I'm with and what they're about and things they've done and just anything I possibly can, like immerse myself in, in, you know, in this instance, in Josh Kelly. So you guys did this marketing campaign with D-backs. Yeah. And it was, if you've ever been to... Paul's never been. If you have ever been to a, uh, a you know a, a bar or a club or a, any place like this, a you know, sports bar, and you go in the bathrooms and there's the uh, ever um, those the the uh, advertising boards up you know on the walls or you know in the women's restrooms on the stall doors or whatever, um, people pay for those advertising. Yeah, spots, they call called Johnny boards. Yeah, Johnny boards. That's it. Thank you. And that was actually whenever th- those started happening, I thought that was a brilliant idea because you got focus at least if, if only for a minute. Mm-hmm. But you took it to the next level. Yeah. Can you give us a little give give the listeners and Paul a little taste on what you did with the Diamondbacks?
2: Yeah, so uh, I met with who uh, he's now moved on from the Diamondbacks, but at the time he was one of the head salesmen. Eventually, became a VP of the Diamondbacks, and they were trying to do business with us. And I was sitting down with him, and a super nice guy, a good friend, and uh, we're going through the process uh, of like what he's trying to offer me. He's offering me like signs, signs in the field and stuff. I'm like, eh, I don't care about sign in the field, like. I don't need TV coverage where it helps me in New York. I'm in Phoenix, right? right. And I got to pay for that then, right? right? Which just doesn't make sense. We're going through all this stuff. I'm like, and I don't do anything I can't own. And we started thinking about like different ways we could own. It. And I'm like, what about the bathrooms? That, that ties directly to our business. We have plumbing, right? It ties directly. What if I own the bathroom? He was like, what does that mean? So we went and we looked through the Dime Stadium and they had Johnny boards, right? And we're going through the process. I'm like, what if I took over the bathrooms, took down the Johnny boards, and I got to do whatever I want in here? Within reason, like everything will be approved, whoever I want. By the way, by doing this, the only price I had to beat was Johnny boards. So I got to set my price. Do you think they make a lot of money from Johnny boards? I don't want to say the numbers or anything like that, but like it's way, 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 way less than you think it is. It's one of, it, at the time when we first did it, it was one of the cheapest things I'd done in such a large scale. Um, so what I did is I owned the bathroom. Meaning if you were to go to the men's restroom and you're going to use a urinal, there's a personal sign right in front of you that has a message, a joke, uh, some information about Parker and Sons, and each urinal is different. I have undivided attention thirty seconds, two or three times a game. Love it, right? And I actually seen this is crazy, but I've seen people switch stalls because they want a different message. Not like midstream, <laughs> by the way, but like, but like in between, like, oh, I was there. Let's go this one. By the way, if you're uh, this is men and women's, right? If you're gonna use an actual toilet, when you close the door, guess what you're staring at? Eye level, sitting down. A message from Parker and Sons, different one each one. It's a message. It's such a joke. It's a little story, right?
1: And there's nothing else to focus there's on. There's nothing man. else to That's focus. It.
2: It's inappropriate to look anywhere else, right? <laughs> then after you're done, you walk yourself up to the sink. Guess where I am? I'm on top of the mirrors, right? And then you go dry off your hands. Guess what? I'm on the dryer. By the way, when you walk in and walk out, you got a big Parker and Sons sign, right? Nobody in that bathroom is going to not know or see Parker and Sons. They literally did a study, right? And it's called Chase Field. Chase Field is the number one partner. If they did a st- like study, like who's the who's the who's the person that comes up most when you think about the Diamondbacks? Chase Chase was number one partner. We were number two. <laughs> and there's people paying tens of millions of dollars for this advertising, and I'm paying like I'm not even paying six figures. So was this your idea? Uh, yeah,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah. Man.
2: Well, think about it too, right? So like, there's some people coming out of town. Those aren't valuable to me, right? But there's home, you know, people that live here that go and there's season ticket holders where I own them 82 times a year, three or four times every game, undivided attention. Like, where else can you buy that? That's, I, not, that's not even the best deal I've ever done, by the way. Like, I've had some crazy good deals. But that's just being different. And being keep creative. going. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you share? Keep going. I want to hear the next. Can you that share a couple of others?
2: So I'll, I'll do the two most successful campaigns of all time. But these aren't
1: repeatable, though. That's, that's okay. That's problem. But the, I think the the what, what the takeaway is is the creativity of the idea versus the takeaway. So it's it's thinking outside the box yeah. and then actually doing something with it.
2: Yeah. So I'll do this one's related because it was also owning a bathroom to a point. Um, so uh, Arizona State. I went to ASU. I had a good buddy. Uh, his name was Matt Morgan. He was uh, the VP of marketing fries. Now he's over at Kroger and doing amazing things. Um, and I got a call from him one day. I said, hey, we're gonna sponsor this tailgate. Um, Arizona is pretty hot, obviously. And he goes, hey, uh, but part of this tailgate is just too hot. We need to get some misters in here. Would you be willing to do a trade with ASU to do some misters? And I'm like, yeah, I would do that. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. By the way, we had never done misters at that point. Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Like, Can you come, on, come down today and come take a look? I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. absolutely. I'll be right there. Uh, and I literally pulled up an old school phone book. I don't know why. I think it's because <laughs> I was still like, buying phone book at the time. It wasn't that many years ago, but it was enough. (laughs) And I literally looked up a misting company. I called him. I had him meet me in the parking lot. I literally told him, I go, if you speak at this meeting at all, you won't be hired. I will make sure you don't get hired. Like I will bad, like you don't speak. You just follow me around and take notes. Like, and this guy did, he didn't do a single word. Right. So we go through. And they're showing me this big lattice. It's like a 30-foot high lattice that we're going to put misters on. And he's saying, here's where we want the pump. And I'm like going around taking notes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, we could do that. Okay. Yeah, maybe that. And like, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> no idea whatsoever, right? So we go through this whole process. And I go, so what are you willing to do for a trade? And he goes, well, find out how much it is. But we'd be willing to give you some season tickets, some basketball tickets. We'll give you all the bathrooms. Uh, and the ASU, we'll do some digital stuff for you. We'll be up on the uh, Megatron and everything. Like, I'm like, okay let me go back and think about this. So let me just write up a proposal and we'll kind of come back. I went out to the parking lot uh, and I talked to this guy. I go like, how much is this going to cost me? Like if I had you do it uh, and you're going to wear a Parkinson's uniform, how much does that cost me? And he's like, I could do it for probably 15, 16,000. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back with you. So I literally went back and I told the guy like, Hey, it's going to be 45,000 in trade. Um, Here's what it's going to be. Here's what I want. And I, I wrote this whole deal. And then I took it a step further and I reached out to the guy that I had in the parking lots manufacturer. I said, Hey, by the way, we're going to probably go into misters. Cause if our name's going to be all over this misting system and all over this tailgate and all over ASU, like we should probably do misting systems, but we don't know how to do it. We're going to need some training. Can you, are you willing to donate all the equipment and parts and spend a couple guys over here and train my guys and essentially do this job for me and teach my people? Right.
1: Uh, so I literally made money on that deal. So do you think that they did that because of the, because of it being Parker and sons? Like, do you think that there was some,
2: no, no, they did that because I knew Matt Morgan and cause I got lucky and I was the first one to say yes. Got it. ASU was not allowed to come out of pocket because of like regulations they're under. Right. Because that's not like everything has to be pre-approved. So like they could give away advertising, but they couldn't come out of pocket. So I was just the first person to say yes. Yes.
1: So you got in the misting systems business? We don't really do a whole lot of misters,
2: but yeah, we we have really nice misting systems business. We do maybe, you know, 10 to 15 of them a year and they're really high end. It's yeah. not that rubber stuff you get at Home Depot. Yep. It's like legit stainless steel, super nice bomb. Yeah, I have one in my house, that's amazing.
1: So, have you ever heard of we are um our guest last week was a guy named Bobby Jenkins, who's out of Austin. Yeah, I know Texas. Bobby. You know Bobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um we were talking to Bobby about like adding services because he has like 50 yeah (laughs) that he does and he was talking about how he gets into him and it reminded me is that around you paul of when he was talking about how he wasn't in the missing system thing, and then i put him into it like sometimes you don't plan to get into that you know that offering but something like that comes up and In, in general we're pretty systematic um so that's the only time it's
2: ever happened sure everything else like we once again we don't dabble right like we go all in so misting system was just like if we're gonna do this and get all this advertising, get paid for doing it, we might as well like offer it. We don't really cross promote it. We don't really push it. It's not a big deal. We we don't do that many systems a year. Um, but if someone so asks, 15, we can do it. Yeah, uh, we're capable of it.
1: And uh, this is a pretty good market for them. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, you're Phoenix, gonna get into it,
2: for people who don't know what a misting system is, if you're outside of Phoenix, it essentially sprays like high pressured water. And since it's so dry here, it can make like a 10, 15 degree swing Huge. difference.
1: It's gigantic. Would you say most every restaurant that has outdoor?
2: Oh, right? here in Phoenix? For Everyone. sure. But outside of Phoenix, like no one, what the hell are you talking about? If yeah, you're sure. in Louisiana, misting systems is like the worst thing in the world. Because of the humidity. Because of the humidity. Right? It's like now I'm just wet. <laughs> I'm wet and hot. How's that helpful?
0: I'm used parks have them, and they're awesome. They make a big difference. Oh, so, yeah. I, So no one can hear me do this, but I'm just sitting here smiling and shaking my head, thinking like, why don't people think of these things? It's amazing. And you made money doing it and you got the, and you get the advertising. Yeah. That's amazing.
2: So the other one that was like, see, these are extreme though. Like we have wins to be clear, right? Like marketing is not extreme. It's not, it's not home runs. It's singles and doubles consistently. That's how you grow your business. These are home runs, but like, don't plan on, or like you trip on these and you just have to be willing to say yes. I'm in, I'm in a position in life. A lot of times because I just decided to say yes and figured it out uh, and made it legit right away. I didn't fake it. I didn't say, you know, I didn't say, hey, we're expert in missing systems. I, I literally went in and immediately after we got the job, I told them exactly what was going on. We're very honest up front. They didn't care. They couldn't pay for the missing systems anyway. What's the difference to them?
1: But you said yes.
2: Yeah, I said yes.
1: it's we have a, uh, I don't know if you follow Gary Vaynerchuk at all. He's a partner of ours. So Gary V, remember we met with them. And so my my wife is our COO and she's adverse to risk yeah. adverse and yeah. I'm very high risk. Me too. So yeah. we sit in, uh, we sat in like, I don't remember which, which meeting it was. You might even remember this, Kyle, is it was like music to my ears because he he'd said, just say Yes. Just say yes. Like, don't go at it like half-assed, but just say yes, and then figure it out. Like, if somebody's asking for something, like, per- perfect example is for years we never offered social media, which is why partner was able to get a partnership with Gary was to, to help build that, but not half-ass it. Yeah. So, but it was just say yes. You remember that, Kyle? That's when she flipped me off. Was that the first one? Yeah. Um, which was music to my ears because, you know, we're kind of the same way. As if, you, if an opportunity like that comes up and you can connect. The dots, like it makes sense. Yeah, say yes and do it, and that's what I'm taking away from like this creative, you know, the creative things that you're just talking about. So what was? So go ahead and go on with the so. uh, the. I mean we, I mean we've had a lot of successes,
2: but like this one sticks out to me because it's it's just so dirty. It's amazing. Um, we did something called and what we called an OPM mailer, which meant other people's money. Not, so not OPP. No OPP. <laughs> down with OPP. OPM. Uh, OPM. Uh, other people's money. So what we did is we sent out I don't know how many uh, we'll called twenty thousand I don't remember the exact number twenty thousand mailers and we had this this really good hook and it was about um, you know getting rebate money right getting other people's money to pay for your system right it was this uh, long form letter just one page uh, but in the front of the envelope it said OPM mailer don't throw away literal cash inside and we literally put a dollar bill in every single direct mail piece. <laughs> Like literally a So $20,000. $20,000 in cash plus the cost of it, right? Here's the really cool part. Do you think I paid that $20,000 in cash plus it? I co-opted <laughs> from two different companies. I did a water softener ad on there and I did an HVAC system. I got 50% co-opted by both, including the dollar. And we bought a list, right? Which by the way, they paid for right? Yeah. <laughs> and we mailed out to all these people, right? Number one, we had gigantic success with it. It was huge. The open rate when you literally put a dollar bill in, we know a lot of those dollar bills got thrown away. Of course, but a lot more got opened open. than they normally would have. And right? It wasn't your money. So. Here's the crazy part, right? So we bought a list, so not every address we got was perfect. So we got like a thousand freaking envelopes back, back. <laughs> with one dollar bills, and we're like, we got to pay somebody open all these envelopes with all this cash in it now. Like this is unforeseen benefit <laughs> problem, right? But so. This is like the most expensive mailer of all time, except I didn't have to pay a single cent of it. That's fantastic. And by the way, just for reference, like the HVAC manufacturer that we did with and the wire here loved it because we sold a ton of systems and wire here. Way more than we would have done normally. So that's kind of an outside the box, too. Like, that'd be hard to pull off now um, because they're a little bit more aware after maybe I snuck that by. (laughs) Uh, But 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 worth the shot, listeners. Worth the shot. Go for it. How bad do they want to keep your business? Go ahead and send me one of them, too,
1: just as a reference. (laughs) I'll I'll test it out for you. Yeah, yeah all of this with SmartAC.com. You've got to check it out now. So did you put like, what? so was the offer specific to the manufacturer have to approve the offers? Yeah, what they approved was? the offer. Okay. And,
2: and then like we told them, hey, we're going to put a dollar bill in this.
1: And like, so they were all for it and it worked. So uh, to me, like they should always be all for that. So I love that. So actually that's a good segue into, uh, um, before we leave like the marketing phase of this is, yeah. um, I want to talk about, a uh, well, it's a two parter. I want to talk about branding, and I want to talk about direct response. Right. So, one hundred percent, the a market correction is going to come. I mean, it's a matter of time. It's going to come, and I believe we believe branding has never been more important. Yeah, never been more important than it is like right now, and even coming up. So, if you would, will you share like your vision on direct response and and branding? So a lot of people have this, uh, this markers, especially like have this bad habit.
2: You're, I know you guys aren't like this, right. But like the digital marketing firm tell you like, Hey, branding not trackable. You shouldn't be doing it. Right. Like you go through and uh, smaller, you know, uh, untested companies will fall for that. Right. And it's, it's just not good. It's just not good business to think that way. Um, the truth is. If you're going to be successful in business, you better have branding down and direct marketing. Branding is that long-term approach. And when I say branding, I mean like television, radio, building a long-term nurture, SEO, things like that. Things that grow legs and keep walking, right? Things that you do today has more value six months, a year, two years, 10 years down the road, right? Right. Um, And these are things that give you sustainable growth, right? You don't have to buy the customer every time. Direct marketing are things like PPC, telemarketing, direct mail, where you're trying to literally buy a customer one time. Um, super important too. In and because, out. Because it's In a out. lever. That's that's the big thing people don't pay attention to is the lever. A lot of people right. run PPC and they run the same budget every single day. That's crazy. Right. If you're busy tomorrow, turn off the PPC. Turn it off. If you need more calls tomorrow, you better turn it on, right? Like yep. Basic common sense stuff, no one does it, right? So your direct marketing is what keeps the lights on, your branding which makes you actually sustainable and grow. And actually, just so you know, is the only thing that makes your business worth any real value. If you don't have a brand and you're all purchasing customers, you'll never get a good evaluation.
1: So can I get your opinion on something real quick yeah. before I leave that piece? So I believe and I've always believed that if you're running an aggressive PPC campaign, even SEO campaign, yeah. you're also essentially branding yourself too, because to concerts are happening, you're also, p- so yes, you're getting a direct lead, but there is some branding aspect to that. Not that that's, not that I would say, hey, if I'm going to do a branding campaign, I'm going to do this. I'm just saying there is a little crossover there that can be helpful in addition to its main purpose of lead generation.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think SEO is a branding play hundred uh, percent. PPC, I think is kind of a branding play because you're getting your name out there a lot, but the difference is you have to pay every single time to get there right. and be that top of mind. Right. It's hard on a PPC campaign, where you are the same as the company below you, as this company below you, it's hard to stick out, and, which makes it hard to be really effective at branding. However, it still has some branding value. I just wouldn't, I would never consider that a branding piece. Right.
1: No, I was only thinking, um, it, is, it is 100% a direct response focus, a lead gen focus. There's just a subsidiary of that that allows a little bit of branding because if you're putting it up there enough people are yeah seeing yeah, yeah. It people in, seeing you constantly in,
2: uh, the, the the biggest reason i don't consider branding is, is like no matter what you put in that copy underneath you can't stand out and be memorable compared to the company before. no i agree yep right Completely you can agree. once they get to the website that's a totally different sure. thing right yep um but it, on that google page or you know bing if you're crazy <laughs> um <laughs> it's pretty hard to stick out you just have to be
1: there, right? Yeah. And hope that all the other branding that you did makes you stick out. So this is where you're 100% spot on there. You're right because that is the way it is. One thing of uh, having us been and only doing this for now 12 years. Yeah. Um, good Lord. 12. Yeah, it's 12 years. It's, yeah. Um, is we've written thousands upon thousands of pay-per-click ads uh-huh. because everybody wants the most amount of leads for the least amount of money. So that means these things got to convert. I got to get the cost per click down. And so we've written everything across that you can think of and then funneled those things down, which is where the value comes in from Rhino is that people will try to get, I get an LOI sent to me, somebody wanting to buy me to get the data information, maybe even our negative keyword list. But we've learned like, okay, I also need to start protecting my brand because people will pick it like people bid on rhino all the time oh yeah and people will bid on parker and sons people bid on oh, yeah. those things and so it, can it, it's those.
2: always worse too like i've had this and had a few conversations we won't name names but they'll bid on parker and sons and then their name and the title will be parker and sons and then it's like some other company underneath i'm like dude you can't do that yeah like i don't care if you buy my name like i can't stop that but don't and, put my name in yeah, there Yeah, don't put my name and deceive customers you know yeah
1: and, but and you know what's funny about that is um it 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 never the conversions are it doesn't make sense to do it anyway because they can once they get there you've immediately deceived them and and the trust is gone it's it's off so I would say yeah but it also hurts us It sure it also does. hurts us absolutely so um it but it maybe ever works out point zero 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 point you know one time ever but yeah, but we yeah. have but we have customers ask us that what if we just bid on maybe not using like the name directly but I mean we didn't never used to run pay-per-click ads for our customers because why would I want to pay for it? They're doing a direct search for their name. Anyhow, with the exception of now, you have to, a little you bit. have to a little bit to, to, to protect so. your, like to just make sure that you're popping up ahead of them to protect yourself. It's also cheap when you're buying Super your own cheap. name. So like, Super it's not,
2: cheap. it's like remarketing, right? Like, you know, following and I, I call them like cyber stalking someone, right? It's like, some people don't like that. Like, you know what? It's so freaking cheap. Who cares? Yeah. Like it costs you so little. And if it generates it to me, marketing is about efficiency, Right. Uh, push comes to shove, being memorable, all this stuff, that what you're actually debating on whether it works or not is on efficiency. How much money did I put in? How many calls did I get out there are actually booked calls? A lot of people do it ROI. I'm actually not a big fan of that um, because I think it convolutes and makes it confusing. I've seen campaigns that didn't do crap, but you got one install and made it look really good, and it's not a real number, right? Metric, yeah. It's not a real metric because that was your luck. Right. Uh, so how much money did you put in? How many you know, how many calls like booked ran calls. Did you generate from that? Right. Um, with digital side is really extremely about efficiency. Right. But radio is the same way too. Like it's hard to compare radio directly to, you know, a PPC campaign because they hear you on radio and then they go to PPC, but you better believe I could compare one radio station to another and one TV station to another, you know, like uh, these are all, you make this trackable AB test, all the basic right. digital marketing, like, right. The techniques that we did 15 years ago are so outdated. You got to think of stuff we're doing right now that's outside of our industry. Like everybody else is doing. Think of the most competitive, the most successful, the most tracking, the least risk businesses. What are those? What do they do in their business every day? And why can't we be doing some of that? Right. And we do. We do now, right? There's huge companies. Huge companies didn't exist when I got into the business, right? If you wanted to be a hundred million dollars, you had to be roadroader and have a hundred yeah. locations.
1: Would you say that Parker and Sons is top five residential auto replacement and service?
2: I think um, for uh, for one city, because there's like a, a Horizon, which is in like three yep, major northeast. cities. Yep. Um, they're bigger than us, but for single city, I, I believe we're the largest in the United That's States. That's awesome, man. Uh, I think by quite a bit too. That's fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, we only have a 7% market share. So like yeah, that's craziness.
1: That's what blows my mind is that you do so, you do so much and, and maybe you'll share what the percentage of, uh, like what the percentages should be. Actually, it doesn't even matter because it's going to vary. um yeah. if your percentage of marketing spend, but uh, it still blows we, my mind. Spend that you about 5%. Okay. So, and, and even, but it's 5% of hundred and yeah, it's yeah, a big number. So, so it does vary. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you're still spending that and that, I, I mean, living here in Phoenix, I see it, it off. And now I also understand that I pay more attention, Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's my world too. But to only have 7% seems like how, you know, the, but that's how I think that you can get in the mindset of like, oh, I'm everywhere. I know everybody. And like what well, people will say, you know, I've been in business here for 80 years, man, everybody knows me.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. way knows you. No, they don't. No, like, I, and I, I, like, people tell me that, like, marketing people, especially, like, you get, like, in the vendor or whatever, like, yeah, they know you. I'm like, dude, nobody knows me. Like, 7% use us. I would say maybe 15% could t- say our name unaided. Uh, aided, maybe 30 to 40%. Like, the vast majority of people, if you said Parker and Sons, they'd be like,
1: what the hell is that? Well, you know this. So, because if, if, if everybody knows you, then why, <coughs> when I go to this Google keyword tool, it says, 14,720 people typed in AC repair. Why didn't they type in Parker and Sons? Why are they looking for AC repair? They know Parker and Sons. And that's just one example, but um, it's just we have to prove that point often. Now, it helps when you have that consistency and the frequency and keeping your brain in front of and all those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it works. It's a guaranteed way, man. (laughs) Guaranteed way to get it done. Now, I want to move on real quick. Um, And we can touch on this as much as you would like. Yeah. Um, I'm an open book, man. So okay. like literally
2: ask questions and I'll give you answers.
1: So, um I want to move on to Not that I can answer that. I was just playing. Okay, never mind, I'm sorry guys. Um I want to move on to uh reviews. Yeah. Um Rhino does not currently offer reviews. Now that being said, um I've been approached by multiple mm-hmm. companies to want to be a strategic partner of ours right. to refer them. And we never connect ourselves to anyone unless we feel 100% good about that partnership and the right. integrity of the company and the integrity of the service itself and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Cause inevitably I would make a referral, something go South and I lose the customer because of a referral I made. That's what pissed me off the most. Yeah. That's not cool. If that one happened. So, but I do want to talk about it and and what I, and why I want to bring it up is because of the way you went about it. Right. So with Review Kangaroo, this was kind of your baby, right? Yeah. And you had, if I remember correctly as, from what I heard, is you had you invited a group of people? I think you guys went to Vegas or wherever you went. Maybe they came in here, but you said did that roundtable thing and said, "Hey, I've used and tried all these different platforms. I want to create something that I believe is has value." Did, did I get? Am I close to getting that no, right?
2: No, no, you're 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 pretty much it, right? So, the truth is, uh, Review Kangaroo is the software that um, that uh, I own. I, I have partners. Um, my wife is in, um, and that's to me, um, it's the number one for home services. It's not for all businesses. If you're a home service company, it's by far way more effective and way easier to use and a better platform than anything else. The results tell, speak for that, right? Like, I right. don't want to go into selling it, right? No, I understand. Well, uh, but the concept behind it was pretty simple. Like, I used other companies. I hired, and, like, I was getting, like, a 2 or 3% response rate.
1: I'm like, this can't be the best it could be. It just can't. It did just you, didn't make sense. Did you find an average there that actually does, that you could track to on a response rate? For what? Just review, like you said two or three percent. Oh, we get
2: up to a fifteen percent. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, which
1: is, it still seems crazy low, right? Yeah. But
2: you know, that's way better than two or three. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, like I had this issue, and I'm like, there's no way I'm the only one with this issue. So I started talking to other people, and exactly what we did. We did a round table kind of sat everybody in a room and said, if we're building the perfect system, the absolute perfect, like we got to make it whatever we wanted, what would that look like? And we wrote it up. So, these are peers of yours also. These are in the all street. large home service companies. So, we pulled in, it was mainly HVAC and plumbing, but we did pull in, we get a roofer, some pest guys, people we knew here in Phoenix. Like, a lot
1: of brilliant minds get it. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And like, because
2: the difference between a home service and my mind, from like a review standpoint and customer expectation standpoint for a roofing company and HVAC company, um, it's, it's practically the same. Man. Right. Like, the differences are less than 1%. I'd agree. Yep, but the difference sure. between that and a restaurant, which is what every other review platform works with, like are gigantic significantly. Yeah. Like how you do both of those. I don't get it. They seem to have success and enjoy (laughs) it. Um, but we wrote up like essentially what a perfect system is. I got a partner that I knew could develop it. And I said, here's what I want. Can we do this and how long and how expensive would this be? Uh, and he kind of wrote stuff up and we honestly started building. Now that basic program that we had, like, it's gotten more sophisticated than that. Of course. Uh, but not from like the user side, um, just on the back end on our stuff and the automation and all the cool stuff associated with it. Right. But uh, yeah, you had to start, like we were really literally just scratching our own back. Like,
1: so that everybody that was in that group, they were all beta testers and everybody's still in. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so then you probably were able to come out big with this because if they're all, if they're all decent sized players and like, like you, you really tested with, like a group of the best guys to test with.
2: Yeah. But then at the same time, like when we first did like they all bought into it. So they were going, and then that was like, how do I get, you know, somebody with three trucks to use this system? Sure. Right. So, so there was a big learning curve, man. And, and, you know, I'm, I consider myself a decent business person, right? I could tell you, you know, moving from HVAC and then a marketing firm to software was pretty different. Yeah. There was a big learning curve there, just like anybody else. So we had to figure out how to market, how to sell it, um, and really how to make product changes consistently, right? So
1: so then there's two sides to that coin yeah. with, re- with reviews. Um, the advice that we will give um, is, and, and that you will know because I've heard you say this before too, is if you're running 50 calls a day, 500 calls a day, you're bound to get reviews just more often than not. If you're not being proactive about it, you're going right. to get the wrong reviews. You're right. going to get the negative reviews because something's going to go wrong. You're not going to get them all perfect. Yeah. So you got to respond to them. Like you don't leave them hanging. You got to no, respond. Sure don't try to resolve it. But do you believe that you can especially today and I do believe that, I do believe that this can hit you on both sides of the, of the coin. You can either grow this thing into like you know a mammoth using reviews um or you can also die. You know, have, you can have death by reviews. Yeah. So can you can you explain like the book, like maybe let's start with how you can really grow, like grow your service company by reviews. I mean, cause even though like to me, it makes like, I don't have to really think about it. Just I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. You get more reviews. That's more credibility. It's more people, you know, that got your back. Most more word of mouth, whatever. But I don't want to assume everybody else knows that same thing. Yeah. So let's talk about that first. And then, then let's talk about the how to avoid the death by reviews piece. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. All so, right.
2: so I actually throw reviews into like a larger bucket I call social proof. Um so I heard you say that. Social yeah, proof. Our industry like does not use social proof effectively and it's unbelievably effective and like no one knows about or pays attention to it. Uh reviews are a big piece of that, but it is not the only piece of it. Um so many companies really don't even have like a referral program. Like it's unbelievable. Like, hey, we asked for referrals, I'm like, where? When? How many referrals did you get last month? I was like, I got two. You ran 500 calls. How'd you get two referrals, right?
1: Um remember you that, don't have you don't have a program. That, remember that yeah. conversation, Paul?
0: Yeah. New phone, who dis?
2: <laughs> yeah, like referrals like winning awards, right? When we won the BBB Torch Award, our our business jumped, right? By the way, that award was really easy to win. Like, you know, we won the Ranking Arizona Award 7 years in a row. Guess what? I got to pick the competitors that I got to compete against. <laughs> like, it was people I had never heard of. Like, there's no way they're going to win this, right? <laughs> so, social proof is essentially taking someone else's authority, someone else's, you know, they believe them and taking that authority and put it on yourself. Right. So now because I'm associated with the BBB, even though some people aren't the biggest fans of the BBB, uh, it was a gigantic difference maker in our business. Right. Um, Google Yelp, Facebook, they're all the same thing. Right. If Google says you're really good, Google has more authority than Parker and sons will ever have. Right. It's just like, I, I'm honest about it. I right? like which would you rather trust Google or Parkinson's? Most people don't know what Parkinson's, but even the ones that do like Google does everything
1: Well, at scale. Google's larger. Yeah. 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 It has more proof,
2: larger influence. Yeah. So, so reviews are a big piece of that. And really the key to it is like, I don't care if you use review kangaroo. I don't care if you use whoever. Right. But you better be doing something for reviews. Don't just ask at the end of the call and say, Hey, um, you know, would you mind leaving really a review? Walking out the door. Uh, number one, you won't do that consistently. Like I've never seen it done consistently. Number two, you're not making it easy for the customer. Number three, you're not even if you are making it easier for the customer by like sending them a link, you're not really getting the feedback or the value you could be getting off it. So you need to have a system. Um, by the way, you'll find that you know what you could do with six million is not what you could do at $120 million. Before, I could talk to each guy and have that conversation. Hey, reviews are really important. $120 million, you know, there's people who don't even know who I am. There's people who don't know who Paul is, right? And he's right. there in the office every single day. It's just a different animal than it used to be. Of course. You know, we got 550 team members now, which is crazy. <laughs> I, I, I do this stat because I think it's fascinating, right? Do you know the circumference of the world? Paul, do you know the circumference of the world? God, that's a Paul question too. That's definitely a Paul question.
1: Do you guys know, the Kyle, do you know the circumference of the world?
0: 22,000 miles.
2: It's about, uh, it's just under 16,000. It's between 15 and 16,000 miles. Do you know what Parker and Sons on an average day drives with all the trucks combined? 17,000 miles. So you're driving over the circumference of the world. We drive this, if you combine all the trucks, we drive <laughs> over the circumference of the world every single day. I mean, we we did this, stat. I was just speaking at like a Fujitsu conference and the, uh, our break, in, break even every month is five point five million dollars. Oh my god! How terrifying is that? <laughs> like, and that's a that's like last year's number. It's probably it's gonna be higher this year for sure. And that's probably I don't know really what the actual really hard
1: is. For, for people to fathom. Like, yeah, that?
2: meaning if I made five point four million dollars in a month, I lost. We lost, lost our man. ass. Right. Not not a little bit of money. Like a lot of money. Of course. Not just a hundred grand. That's not how that works. Right. You know what <laughs> <I mean? laughs> right. Um. But yeah. Anyway. I've totally got off track. No, no, no. Reviews, yeah.
1: So reviews, so that was on the, to help you grow side of things. Yeah, Yeah.
2: it's it's a way to scale that referral that used to be over the fence um, and make it one to a thousand. I mean, the truth is we live in a different world than we used to. Like, I'm not proud of this, but it's just who I am, and I'm not the only one who does this anymore. You know, you go home from work, you pull uh, into your driveway, garage door goes up, you pull in, garage door goes down. You don't talk to your neighbors the same way you used to. You don't talk to your – when's the last time you asked your parents for a referral on something? Like, it just doesn't happen in the real world anymore. What happens now is they get they get that referral from an anonymous source on Google. And that, by the way, it could be a real or not real review. We've all lived with that, and it's all a process. Like, if you're not playing in this game and you're not gaining momentum, you will be left in the dust. It's not just about getting bad reviews. Like, if I have 5,000 five-star reviews on Google and you have 50 – which one are they likely to call? Yeah,
1: five thousand. Yeah. So, because a lot of times they'll, I mean, that that alone just shows like, okay, well, five thousand people can't be wrong. 50, yeah, 000, fifty thousand. You could, you could fake a lot of that. Like you could. I mean, I mean but you I'm could. saying like if you're looking, like, if you're it's friends to, and family, if, everybody's got if, the same you last name. If you know. You're trying if you're trying to like, you know, five thousand's hard to fake. Yeah. Like, so it's like okay, yeah, that's legit. So then, actually, you would make that decision. Get, there's more credibility.
2: Yeah, and here's the key to this, too. Like, a lot of people don't realize, like, I call it a hidden dollar, too, right? So I do this exercise when I'm talking about this, and they're not really getting it, right? We're going to use three different companies. One will be Parker & Sons. I use the real numbers. I found a company called ABC Company that has a lot of reviews, just not a good star rating. And I'll pick a small company with almost no reviews, right? And go through which one of this, based off this information, which company would you use, right? It's like 99% use Parker & Sons. Uh, And by the way, that's the only information your customer knows. (laughs) <laughs> um, But I call it hidden dollar because here's the real scary thing if you're not Parker & Sons. That ABC company um, and that other small company, they don't know this business exists. Because it's not like they call them and say, hey, why don't you have very many reviews? They don't go to the website and look up like, I'm curious how they didn't get reviews or how they have a bad star rating. You just get ignored. And you never have the opportunity to do that business. Period. So you're losing millions of dollars without even being aware that those millions of dollars exist. That's way more painful to me. Cause if they came to the website and they dropped off, like, okay, I know what we have to fix. Right. Something's wrong with the website. Yep. Something's going on with the conversion. Like yep. we need to adjust change, right? If I never get to see that
1: or but track it don't have the or adjust, then. what do I do? Don't have the opportunity at all. I do nothing. Nor do you even know that it exists. Yeah. Cause yeah. there was no, there was no data to, yeah. to even measure it. Yeah. The other thing you wanted to ask was, uh, what death? So by the reviews? death by reviews, like, even today, people will still ignore the reviews, and 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 then in the war room or the back room, they'll be like, "Oh, that was a person was accept, upset, oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's so, not real customer. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah, you know, like, doesn't matter. That's and
2: he's being unreasonable. I I don't care. It doesn't really matter. Like, it's not. You gotta understand when you respond to reviews and you react to reviews, you're you're almost never responding for that person. Um, that person, sometimes you can turn around and save and those are your best, most loyal customers. And you should definitely try that. But there's some customers that are just unreasonable, man. And that's just the truth. And it is, is what it is. And you live with that. But when you respond to those reviews and you try to make it right, you're not just affecting that customer. You're affecting everyone else that sees that bad review. Because if you're responding in a timely manner and you're not playing the blame game, like so many people will say like, type in, this isn't a real customer. Like, now it's like he versus she. Like right. you, it doesn't it doesn't look well. It doesn't play well. Right. So like, take ownership of it. Don't admit fault. But like, hey, I'm sorry for your experience. Like, we never want anyone to experience that way. Here's what I like to do. We can't find your information in the system. Like, can you please call us? Here's my direct phone number. We'd love
1: to fix this for you. So my wife, when she looks for anything, my wife, yeah. anything is. She'll go look at reviews and she'll immediately go to the negatives first. Yeah. There's a certain percentage of people, about 15% of the people do that. Cause she, and it could be again, cause we're in like this space, but she goes and looks at all the negative. I'm talking to everything, man. Like, like e- she's a researcher. Everything. She'll like, we're sitting at, at home. And she's looking to buy my son a helmet for his new scooter. And she's looking at reviews. It's a kid's head, man. It's important. I get it. Me. I'm not disagreeing with that. There's so many helmets, you know. Yeah, and yeah. She goes to the negative reviews to see, like, what do they say? You know, what is it? Um, and it's nothing against it. You know, I, it's actually good that she goes down that. But she looks for the re- what is the negative review? Like, is it one that's of value? And what was the response to the review? Right. Not the fight, like, that needs to happen. Like, you're wrong. Like, it's not a pissing match. It's a, how did you handle the review? Like, is it legit? So... Yeah, I mean, every company makes mistakes. Like of course. It's inevitable. Trust Absolutely. me, uh,
2: we make mistakes all the time. Same. Yep. Um, I make mistakes personally. Like, that, that's my specialty. <laughs> um, but if you make them right, like, that's more valuable, in my opinion.
1: Name one successful company that hasn't <laughs> one that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> exactly. It's the unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, I want to, uh, speaking of uh, uh, of mistakes and things like that, is. Mm-hmm. Um, mistakes are inevitable. Yeah. Um, we've made them. You have to make them to learn from them and get better. I believe that's what happens. I yeah. Mean, sometimes we, you purposely make mistakes. I mean, and we. I have, mean, as weird as that sounds, you do. I understand. I understand. And you have to A B test things like in our world. But I'm talking also human beings because we uh, have a lot of human beings that work for Rhino. Right We're at like 96 or somewhere around there, that number. But we also allow them to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, let leaders lead and let the even our leaders are going leadership is going to make mistakes but there's so much value in that mistake on how you how you learn from it and overcome it because you don't want that mistake to happen again but you have to go through it to to get through it mm-hmm. um but what are some good like what, my question was is what would you have done differently to help avoid some mistakes along along the way now that you know what you know we're talking 140 150 mil mm-hmm. later and I'm talking specifically in this instance on the Parker and son side of things, okay. what do you tell young JK back in the day yeah. to do differently versus where you're at today? Just like one, like one, one option or a couple options. That's fine.
2: I mean, number one, I agree with you by the way, like hundred percent. You have to have the latitude to make mistakes. Otherwise creativity gets stifled. Um, uh, last year I was, uh, you know, I ran sales and eventually recruiting and, uh, uh business development. For literally the largest home service company in the United States, uh, it's a billion dollar company that's trying to Uberize the home services. One of the big issues I had to end up leaving is like there was no room for mistakes, which means there's no room for A B testing, which means my <laughs> growth wasn't going as fast as it could have been, right? And the company couldn't grow as fast as it could have been, right? Got it. Um, so mistakes are a key part of the process. Like, and when I say you purposely make mistakes, like I believe any assumption in your business is a danger. And it's a risk. And my job is to set everyone up for success and mitigate risk. And the way I mitigate risk is I test every assumption that I possibly can. There's some, like, golden assumptions in your business that you can't really effectively test, but way less than what you think. Um, so test everything knowing that, hey, I'm probably going to come back if this was a bad decision and I was right in the first time, but at
1: least now I know. Right? So a test and invest mentality? Yeah. Test and go. MVP models, man. MVP. Minimum, minimum viable product. Minimum vi- yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, like it's crazy, it sounds like when we first launched Review Kangaroo, like we had an email system and a text system. Everybody thought this was this amazing software that did this. Like, no, we had a dude doing emails <laughs> and texts to see if people wanted that and if they would buy it and what, what it should look like. Um, so we had a, we did it with manpower. Like that's such a stupid way of doing it. But like before we did that, if we would have launched with our original idea, it would have failed. And we wouldn't have figured that out, and we would have spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring that out as opposed to paying a guy to do it and figuring out in a month and costing us a few thousand dollars, right? Anyway, mistakes I've made. I've made lots of mistakes. Um, part of making mistakes turns you into who you are. I've made some really stupid mistakes. Like, I remember when I first started. Uh, this is not a pleasant one. You know, I was right out of college. I, I didn't have a whole lot of money. We invested money, all this fun stuff, Right. And I ran the wrong phone number in a yellow page Ooh. ad. That sucked. I um, won't make that mistake again. You know? But now I check every phone number like religiously. i bet you
1: do. Yeah. So uh, actually, if you think about that at scale versus from then to today, you made the mistake at the right time. For sure. <laughs> for sure I did.
2: A hundred percent. It was still pretty painful. Absolutely. Um. So I made stupid mistakes like that. How um, long
1: did you get your balls busted for that one?
2: Oh, I paid I paid for it myself, like and just oh.
1: came out of pocket and I
2: wasn't making a lot of money. And Brutal I didn't have a lot of money at the time. So it was like I just figured it out. It was rough. Brutal. But yeah, it was it was not like heavily pushed on me like you're an idiot. Um That's because a character. That's it was already color. painful enough. Um but Paul anyway, wasn't
0: mad, he was just disappointed.
2: Yep, yeah, which is so much worse. <laughs> That's way it worse. So much worse. Disappointed. He doesn't get mad. If you know Paul, he's never been mad in his entire life. Occasionally gets disappointed. That was makes one he want those to times? shrivel up and Die. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I've made mistakes like that. Um, I've made the same mistakes everybody else makes. Like the problems you have at 2 million or 5 million or 10 million or 20 million is the same problems we have today. It's the same. Like, do I have the right people? Like, we certainly had the wrong people in the wrong position, right? Yep. Um, and when I say the wrong person, sometimes it's the wrong person, period. Sometimes it's just the wrong position, the wrong motivation. Yep. I've, I've made that mistake many times. I will continue to make that mistake. Uh, I just gotta adjust quickly. Like I've never been afraid to, you know, push people out that really don't make sense. Sure. Right. I, I don't believe in firing people. Uh I've never fired anyone in my entire life. I've only had them fire themselves. And that's a distinction in my nine that makes me sleep a little bit easier at night. Yeah. Okay. Um interesting. But doesn't mean people aren't <laughs> let go. Of course. Um so I've made that mistake. I've made the mistake of being, treating people equally. Um, I'm not a believer in treating people equally. Um, that's counterintuitive to what a lot of people say. I'm a believer in treating people fairly. So there's a big difference between equal and fair. I've agreed. A uh, person that works, you know, extra hours, does the extra work, is more successful, tries harder, is always open to ideas. That person should not be treated the same as the person who doesn't work those extra 100% hours. 100% agree. That doesn't do the extra work. That isn't open to ideas. That's always pushing back. That you know you have problems with to treat both of those the same i think is unfair completely agree i've made that mistake i will never make that mistake again in my life um that's a big one um i've made lots of marketing mistakes i've made lots of operational mistakes but these are all things that you learn from and you grow from you can't change because those mistakes often led me to bigger and better ideas um so i don't like keep track of mistakes i'm a she pretty understand. positive person you know what i mean like i don't like here's the hundred things I screwed up this year. Yeah, you don't want to. It's d- only February. You, you know? don't
1: you don't want to dwell yeah. on the mistakes. You just. No. Well, I you, want to be painful. I want to
2: sit in, it. Uh, but I don't want to make a ledger of it. Right, and then move,
1: on, and then and then yeah. move on. Yeah, exactly. I made, I made a few few mistakes, and probably one thing that um, I don't know how much because I, mean, I relate,
2: Paul, Paul made a mistake today wearing that shirt apparently, sur-
1: and and not shaving that uh, five o'clock shadow of a stash he's got going on there.
0: You know what I was just thinking? Why is it okay for you to have the hair under your chin, but I can't have the mustache? Like it's just we have we each have half of a goatee.
1: No, I said it, no, I couldn't. I mean, if I shaved it, I have a butt chin. It really sticks out, and you'd be like, "Yeah, grow that, grow that back." That's at least and right, and, and ultimately, it's like Anna says. Uh, my wife says, "Leave it." They're like, don't shave it. So I'm kind of like, "All right, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and leave it. Then <laughs> that's fine. If that looks better. I'm in." Sure. Yeah, I All right, back on the rails. Yeah. So uh, um.
2: I think he just made a reference, like you guys would be more complete as one person. I think I think is what he's trying to
1: say. No, well, he's listen. He's, you you he's, complete me, <laughs> Jerry Maguire reference. Wow. Okay, one last piece of this um, yeah. with with now I am going to tee this up by um, just talking about from my experience quickly. Um, Rhino, and and, and I am going to not assume that you know know this yet. Um, even though you are working with. Michael, and Michael has, like, been a lifer here. So, Mike has um, been with us for seven years. I actually got shot twice downtown. What? Got shot twice downtown, robbed by a 16-year-old kid. He was just downtown, like, going out to, I don't know if it was, like, a, a restaurant or something with some of his friends, and he was leaving, walking back to his car, and he got robbed and shot twice by a 16-year-old kid for his phone. Wow. So, did you guys, did you know that, Kyle? Well, PG, now you know, buddy. Um, Paul, you knew that, right? That's why that's why the office is did, out in the yeah. middle of nowhere now. So that's why we're up. In I had work.
2: to I had to take a helicopter here, people. <laughs> Not really, but it was. But kind of.
1: Yeah. Um. So he came on board. Um. He was like a server or something like that. Didn't know anything about digital marketing. Didn't know anything about mm-hmm. the home services. So like ninety nine percent of everybody in this building didn't know anything about H V A C or right. anything like that. But he came in, and we started learning. Um. The way he, the reason he learned so quick here is because we analyze and use data for everything. Now, I'm saying we use intuition on things too, as we've gotten smarter, but we use data and measurable things to get better at stuff. So, right or wrong, to this day, we have our uh, Rhino Tracks reporting team, and that team listens to every single phone call. They're human beings. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. in India, they're not in Russia, they're like in the United States. They have they're they're paid by Rhino like they're our they're our team. Um, they listen to every phone call that comes through that site. Now I know I could pay for a piece of software that listens to keyword triggers or find another mm-hmm. vendor that listens to these things and probably get it cheaper. Much yeah. Do not believe it's it's it as same quality. No, and I for sure it doesn't. And I can't move as fast and make decisions right now if I want to same day without having that in place. So to me, it's the long the long you know the longevity of the customer base, which is one of your things you're talking about, Mm. but it's using, we use these metrics to hold them accountable. Like they have to listen to a lot of phone calls every day and we have to put parameters around that to understand how to evaluate how is that call listener doing? It's, it's the biggest team at Rhino is our Rhino tracks team. So it's no different than our pay-per-click team. You know, thankfully we have now three ex ex Googlers on the team that came from the clicks team, you know, and that's just part of the team, Mm -hmm. but they're very metrics driven Mm-hmm. So, which is great. So that's one. That I don't know as much about pay per click as I used to because I, back in the day, it was me doing everything. You know, me. Doing it's it's websites. something if
2: you're gonna do it. That this is why, like, I tell people, like, hey, I want you to run your my SEO or PPC. I'm like, to do that, you have to live it every day. Every and day. That's all you do. It's it. And that's not me. So what I'll do is I'll help you run your team or whatever vendor or Rhino, whatever. And like, I could keep. I know more than enough to keep them accountable. Absolutely. And make sure they have success in driving them. You don't want me doing your keywords anymore.
1: Well, and that's so, but you have to, like, you have to have those metrics in place. So I'm probably, I'm probably more aligned with where you're at because I'm not doing it either. However, I know what, what KPIs we have in place to, to measure how their success, you know, or where they're failing to, and then, and then it's giving them more education or whatever they need to get better. Right. But the point is we're always using metrics and data to scale this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and because we've stayed in the trades only, we've never deviated from HVAC plumbing electrical. Um, you can't afford to get a black eye in our world. So the metrics are the only thing that we could also use to make sure like, Hey, if you're going to hold me accountable to bring in lead volume for you, I don't want you to come back and be like, Hey, Chris, you sucked this month for me. And then we have to guess if we sucked or not. So, so if I track everything. And I can go back and look and say, you know, hey, we did 47 new installs this month that we brought in for you. Here's a name, address, phone number, date, timestamp. Here's a CCR. And, and since that took the call, the call was booked. It was a new customer. If I have that for every call that come through and I sift out the garbage, that, you know, the stuff that wasn't ours, then it's very black and white. So I can now judge our part, my partnership with anybody who's a part of the Rhino family, any of our customers, based on facts. Mm -hmm. We have metrics to measure everything. So cost per lead, like you'll you'll get this, and I know you're going to appreciate this. Mm -hmm. This cost per lead conversation always pisses me off. Because what 99% of every other agency considers a lead is not what we consider a lead. Lead's a booked call. Uh, So. Period. Period. I mean, before that's a
2: prospect. I've had arguments with people about that.
1: So, but if a call comes in and and you booked the call and it was a referral, that's not a new customer. That's a referral. I mean, for me, you're not paying me for that. Right. I called it, I booked it. I say, here's a lead for you. We deal with that all, all the time, but that's a metric that we clear out. Well, what's interesting about that is it's something that we have to go head to head with. Like people are almost trained to think that a lead is a call or a contact form that comes in that wants to do business regardless if it's a new customer or not. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to change this habit by the way we report. And thankfully you've kind of got to go through it a little bit. It's as about as clean cut as you can get to keep it all separate. But the point is we're using metrics to not only measure our success with customers and allow them to measure us back, but we do the same things internally here. Mm -hmm. Is it what metrics do we use to measure our SEO team? What metrics do we use to measure our pay-per-click team and website and development and so on? Um, Now you have to do the same thing and actually at a much grander scale, I believe because there's so many more moving parts in the actual service companies themselves than there are like a digital marketing agency like mine. And there's more variables that you may not have specific KPIs for, but what are some some good takeaways that uh, listeners can have on, or any metrics or any sort of KPI, key performance indicators that they can use to help run their service company more smoothly, whether it be marketing, operational, whatever, like any of those little tips I don't want to say tips and tricks. Um, any more knowledge or wisdom that you, there you can go. share there you go. with our listeners. Fire away, Josh.
2: Yeah. So for me, you're you're absolutely right. Like as a digital marketing firm, like it's fairly straightforward because you own the process, right? From front to back until the phone call, right? Yep. And then they have it, but you could track that process through the whole thing. Right. So it's fairly simple. Uh, and by the way, I agree with you. Like I do disagree slightly. Like I think you need to have both the new customer information and the existing I customer information. Agree. You still have to buy some existing customers, right? And that's still relevant to me. Um, but new customer information not having that separated out is a mistake. I agree. And so many companies don't do it. Uh, as far as KPIs that you should track, I believe every department should have KPIs. I agree.
1: Period. How else do you How else do you measure? And and
2: well, here's the thing: like I'm not in their business every day, right? Like I work with large businesses and I help them scale like gigantic, like. You know, Rusty works with us. You know, he's $20 million plus. Uh, we'll help blow up his business. And he'll be – I, I want to get him $50, 60000000 within two or three years. Awesome. Um, we'll work with companies that size. I, I generally won't work with a million-dollar business for, like, jam sessions. Of course I could give you. Of course I could do a consulting call. Of course we could give you documents and give you SOPs and make this turnkey for you. But for me to be worth my time to spend 20 hours a week on your business, like – you know, it's, it's 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 a lot of my time. Yeah, right sure. I just have limited resources, of course, right? Yeah. Um for now. <laughs> but but it's a but it's what you're super passionate about too. Right, so like exactly. you're all in. So you're not just capacity, yeah, you're all in. I'm not you know? dabbling. Like Rusty will tell you, like, like he calls me all the freaking time. And I talk to him three or four times a day, or his team three or four times a day, and he's pestering me. And he's got questions, and he wants me to do this stuff. And that's that's the job. Yep. When I'm when I take you as a full-on marketing client, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing marketing, business consulting, the whole thing. Got it. And I'm not in their business every single day. It's just not realistic. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I work with people across the United States. That's not the play. The play is I should be able to see your business from the outside. By the way, as a business owner, you do too. If you don't have um, clear KPIs, goals, um, set every single day for every single department, like you're making mistakes. So many people... I can't tell you how many times you're like, what's your goals this year? And they have a big annual goal. And it's like, okay, how are we getting there? Yeah. Well, oh, I don't know.
1: That's my goal.
2: Yeah, that's my goal. It's like, okay, I don't know how to make that actionable, right? Like, me, it's all about actionables, right? So, that accounting department, they're, they have KPIs on how what's an AR report should look like, um, how much cost saving they're expected to turn in uh, this month, right? Because, like, there's two ways to make money it's either to bring in more revenue or to bring in more savings, right? Either way is just as good. I'll bonus people on savings. I don't give it. It's the same. It's the same in my pocketbook. Why wouldn't I? Yep. Um, on your service side, you need to have a DP report, right? Which is a daily progress. This is how much revenue we're bringing in every day compared to the goal for the month. So you know, whether you're behind or ahead every single day, because if you make daily adjustments and it's a day delayed, right? Like you can, the worst thing you want to do. And I've seen it so many times too, is like, we got this million dollar goal for the month or half a million or a hundred thousand, wherever you're at. Right. And it's like day 25 of a 30 day month. It's like, Oh crap. We're only 60% to goal. It's like, it's too late now. Yeah. Like what are we going to do? Like we get as close. There's no way we hit that. It's just what we have been doing. We could have adjusted a long time ago. Right. So each department has to have different KPIs and this could be conversion rate. Uh, Like I believe in ranking techs. So that's really important too. Mm -hmm. Um, for service departments, you need a DP report, you need a tech ranking report, which is gonna include average ticket, um, number of calls, um, a number of install leads, number of accessories sold, and their combo revenue, which is their install and uh, revenue they specifically brought in. And needs to be ranked, and your, in, your install department needs to be the same way, your sales department needs to be the same way. Uh, the numbers are slightly different, and it's conversion rate for sales, right? Um, number of sales, uh, number of upsells you get. It. Yep. Um, but the mistake a lot of people make is, it's one of two ways. Most companies in this industry just don't track much. And that's a huge mistake because if you can't tell from a few reports, what's going on in your business, that means you can't, you don't have a business. You have a high paying hobby, high paying job, right? Uh, because if you can't walk away and the business still makes money without you, it's not a business period. Um, and which is okay. A lot of people liked it being there and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, sure. Um, but I like growing businesses and there's a difference. You need to be able to, in Hawaii, still have influence and know what's going on with your business. You have to, and you have to have reporting to do that. So one, make sure you have reporting for each department, have goals to base those. If without goals, any number is good enough. And then what's the point almost, right? right. So you got to have goals for each thing too that you're tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that people make, some people go the exact opposite direction and they track freaking everything, which is beautiful. I want you to track everything. I love that. I don't want it in a report though. <laughs> like I don't want 30 things on my service technician report. It's not helpful. It's actually distracting and unhelpful. I want the five most important things, the five which is service to And I've already n- named those right. Yep. Install. These are easy things, right? What's a callback? What's, it's all very simple. Like don't go over the top and report this complicated. If I can't hand this to someone outside of the industry and they understand what this looks like and what we're talking about, maybe not what it should be, right? Maybe they don't know what average ticket should be, but they know what average ticket means. Sure. They know, they know what a, uh, you know, closing percentage means, yeah. right? Like if I can't hand this to someone else and they understand what's going on, then it's
1: not a good report. Yeah, and analysis paralysis is a real thing.
2: Well, it's not just analysis paralysis. Like, I'm the type of person, you're not going to overwhelm me with information. Um, But if I see a number's off, then we deep dive. If the number's on and everything makes sense, like, why do I need to waste my time looking through these 40 metrics? Sure, yep. All these 40 metrics add up to these two numbers. These are the two numbers I care about. If these two are good, focus on those, we're good. Keep improving those. If one of those drops all of a sudden, like, okay, what happened? Let's dig dive into that. Let's look at all the data. Let's figure it out then. Not like every day I have to pay attention or every week or every month, depending on what port
1: report is. Does that help? Yeah, it sure does. So, well, so I don't know, Paul, if you could tell, but um, there's a little bit of passion pouring out of Josh on uh, that little section there on yeah. metrics. I got annoyed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, I mean, you it's – it's spot on. Like, um, I'm not looking at everything. I look at cost per lead. I look at conversion rates. I look at overall lead volume. I mean, spend, So I'm, I'm looking at these key things that I can look at on the fly fast that allow me to know if I need to, if it needs to go into another another meeting, a deeper dive, as you right. were saying. Right. Um, and I think that's the most efficient way to do it
2: for me. Correct. For me. I think for everyone, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how much a data person you are. Like, if you have this really complex report and you spend a lot of time on it, that's cool. But that means you're not spending time on other reports and yep. other sides of your business. Yep. Like, you have limited bandwidth. Like, sure. you, you don't have this magic thing where you got 26 hours in a day and I only got 24. I know. That's just not how it works, yeah. right? No matter, yeah. even if you get up earlier, you could do uh, a. You ever seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger speech and he's like, the 10 keys to success? And one of them is like, uh, uh, sleep two to four hours a day. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> If that's not enough sleep for you, sleep faster. I'm like, I don't, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> sleep faster. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Get so, to the chopper. Get down. Get down. Anyway, awesome. Okay, so my um, one thanks for that. That's awesome. I think there was some really good nuggets in there too. And it still baffles me. Actually, I don't even know why it baffles me anymore because. There's still a lot of companies that just fly by the seat of their pants, and and they look at the bank account. They look at the bank account, and the bank account's up over last month. It's like, oh, business must
2: be going well. And that is that is a dangerous way to run your business. Like, have a freaking P and L, like the basics. Why does every other business do that? But you think you can't get away with it? You could get away with not doing it in our industry.
1: There's inevitable. Failure in there, in that path. Inevitable. So hear that, listeners. If you're doing that, commit to making a change because the time spent on doing that is going to save you in the long run. Stop playing the short game.
2: Oh, yeah. I can't tell you this, too. This is a little bit like reporting, right? Like building systems, I can't tell you how many times people will rather spend an hour a day every day than spend three hours once to fix it so it's never a problem again. Like I have a general rule for my business is like anything can happen once. Literally, I mean, things happen. Anything could happen twice. It should never happen a third time. Yep. Because that second time, this is no longer a one-off. Now we create a system or a process or an SOP or whatever. Like, I, I'm not allowed to be asked the same question three times. Love it. Love it. And that's just, that's the way it is. That's the way that's it is. That's the way it is. Like why would, why would we not do that? Right. It would be a waste of my time and their time not to
1: do. Sure. Love it. It's just taking the time to actually do it versus thinking about it.
2: Yeah, but- To take the time that you do it solves you from doing it, not just that
1: one time, but every time after. So, but I think that a lot of people will like still struggle with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you think that way. I think, I think that way.
2: Yeah. But a lot of people are like, yeah, it's going to keep going. A lot of people don't know where they actually spend their time, right? Like, uh, like I think one of the most valuable things I could do when I first start working with somebody is like, Hey, do me a favor, do a time study. Every 15 minutes I want to write down, I want you to write, it's obnoxious, do it for two days, three days. Every 15 minutes, write down what you worked on those 15 minutes. And then, like, it'll open their eyes. Like, holy crap, I spent three hours on Facebook. I spent an hour <laughs> and a half on whatever, right? I spent three hours answering questions. Like, what questions were these? Like, can we solve these so they don't come back to you? You could do that, right? Why were you spending so long on Facebook? Like, oh, it's only 10 minutes at a time. I was like, well, I added up to three hours out of a 40-hour week. Like, that's a lot of time. Like, yep. maybe we shouldn't be on Facebook. Yep.
1: Well, so I got talked into... And this is probably, I probably should have done this a long time ago, but I got, I sold, mm-hmm. which I'm glad I did, Yeah. Um, on compartmentalizing um, throughout the day. So like I'll have to put in my yeah, calendar. Yeah, time block everything, yeah. So um, in my calendar, even if it's 15 minutes, I have to sit and think about what my next topic is going to be for a podcast or to just think about the question that had come up that I need to think through or whatever. Right. I have to block out my calendar and my, and my day and, and my calendar is visible. To the, to the team like you can see I have my right. calendar block and if you need to meet with me you have to fit within that within that time frame but it, it's forced me to create a habit of chunking out those times to think through things like this something comes up that I need to think through especially in our world with technology moving at lightning speed this is why I haven't dipped out of the trades like it's enough just yeah. to focus on this without oh, yeah. going you know going going wider in other services Um, but I've had to compartmentalize my days and so I started doing time blocking yeah and it was probably one of the most effective things I've done for this business is it gave me that, uh, that consistency and the efficiency of knowing I only work on this at this time. Not that it doesn't like oh yeah spill over here and there, but it, for the most part, it keeps me regimented. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big
2: fan of time blocking. I think it's really important, especially when you get a bigger team, but even when you're smaller, it just keeps you on track and helps you prioritize. Yep. It's so easy to be a firefighter instead of, playing fire prevention mm-hmm. um it's that's it's good. just natural it's just human good, right yeah. um and you don't want to be a firefighter no nah. you want to play fire prevention and that's that's the way to succeed like that's the fun stuff i love building like as weird as it sounds like i i hate building an sop it's no fun right but i love the fact that when it's done it's like yeah i get to walk off <laughs> it's done Right? i like i don't have to worry about this for at least months <laughs> right <laughs> like yep uh, it uh, yeah. usually works
1: out, oh. yeah, because they they kind of suck to go through. Oh like, yeah, gosh. they're tedious. They're they tedious are. and
2: boring. But I guess everybody on the same page. Yep, and that's a big deal down the road. Like you should be providing consistent service not only to your client, your end customer, but to your actual customers, which is your team members.
1: Love it. Yeah. All right, man. I won't keep it. I won't keep any longer. We already spent enough time on here too. But if your game, um. We could do we could do one more of these if we plan this thing out because there's a couple different topics that we could actually drill more on versus so yeah. broad. Are you game? If you want to do it, we'll do it, bro. Okay, cool. We'll make sure that we get Tall Paul in here to do it. But um, again, thanks, man, for coming oh, in. Man. I appreciate you so much. Um, again, what we'll do too is if you like um, with with Clover, yeah. is we'll make a post and kind of and leave some contact information if you're cool with that. That yeah, so yeah, we can yeah. reach Just, out uh, to you.
2: And I mean, if you're looking for review kangaroo, uh, you can always go to reviewkangaroo.com. It's R E V U. Email info at reviewcangaroo.com. Clover is growwithclover.com. You'll see my face plaster all over it, contact information all over it. Uh, It's pretty easy to find, man.
1: All right, listeners, thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate you, brother. We'll see you next time. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store, and don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.